In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. I am free. Thank God. I is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hello, 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 people. It's another Monday, and I'm happy to be with you. (laughs) Happy Monday to you. I'm always glad to be on the air, to have a platform, to have a voice, to share my heart and my thoughts with you, my passion with you, um, I believe very sincerely, very strongly and firmly that my passion is also the Lord's passion. And what passion is that? But to, uh oh, <laughs> something dropped, <laughs> to reach out and try to help other hurt people okay to to try to help other hurting people you know um jesus came into the world and he suffered the cross the torture the pain the embarrassment the shame of the cross at calvary so that he could bring salvation to the world, to every man, woman, boy, and child, so that he could also bind up the brokenhearted, mend the broken hearts of people, because life can be rough. Life can be tough. He knew that. He experienced that, and that is where we come in. That is my passion, is to extend that invitation to you and to let you know that Jesus cares about you. He cares about your emotional pain as much as he cares about your soul. He died and suffered so that you can have freedom, healing, 
deliverance, salvation, eternal life, all of the above. He cares about you. So we have another informative show planned for you this evening. Well, really, it's nighttime here on the East Coast. On the West Coast, I could probably say evening and get away with it. But it is, it's, it's nighttime here on the East Coast. And um, we're going to talk about some serious stuff tonight. As usual, we are going to be uh, discussing one of my... Um, I don't know if I, I, I shouldn't call it my favorite topic, but we're going to be discussing overcoming sexual abuse tonight. Um, before, I, before I get into that and tell you, you know, the outline for tonight and everything, I just want to make sure my husband is doing fine. Is, are you there, Mr. Chris, Minister Chris? I'm here. <laughs> Good. It sounds like you were having a few problems there a second ago. <laughs> oh, that's my chair. It makes noise sometimes. Oh, is that all it was? I thought something dropped and fell, and I was like, oh, my goodness. No, I was just leaning back in my chair, and it decided to make some noise. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I guess since we're making noise, the chair can make noise, huh? <laughs> Not making noise now. <laughs> well, hey, husband, how how was your day today? How have you been? Oh, been good. Been good. Blessed in the Lord and just growing daily. Amen. Amen. I know that you, like myself, have been, <coughs> excuse me, um, laying aside some weight as I posted on our on our. Uh, our radio ministry, laying aside some weight that so easily does beset us. <laughs> and uh, I know, like you, that that has been a serious process, huh? Absolutely necessary, but it's, it's not, a, not a cakewalk, put it like that. Not a walk in the yeah. park. <laughs> I like the way you put that, Brother Jones. I love that. I told people last week that I would keep them uh, posted. Um, I can say that between the two of us, we had lost, uh, oh my goodness, uh, I think it was like almost 20 pounds between the two of us in, in approximately a week. Now, where we go from here, only the Lord knows. <laughs> we're still hanging in there. Uh, we're still trying to um, finish this course, <laughs> right? Yeah, one day but, at a time. Yeah, amen. Well, honey, um, you know, I would really appreciate it, of course, if you could join in at any time. You know, I get... Um, I get lonely sometimes doing this by myself, even though I know you're listening the majority of the time. Um, it's always good to have have you or someone to bounce some of these things off of. And with that said, please join in if anything strikes you or interests you. Um, I am happy to say that I will have a guest next week, people. Uh-oh, is that your chair again? No, we're okay. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> I am happy to say that I will have another special guest next week. And um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Norma Evans Barber. And I'm going to, she has, well, I'm going to read to you from the back of her book to tell you a little bit about her. But she has a book called, uh, this is one of several books. She has a book called Princess Tamar's Tears. And um, it says, helping you see the faces as you read the Bible. Unlocking the dark secret of a Bible princess, the face of Princess Tamara in contemporary light. I read this book um, almost in one setting. Uh, when we went away to do our daughter's wedding, I had time after the wedding to kind of enjoy some peace and quiet uh, while we were still out of town and I deliberately took this book with me so that I could get a chance to read it and I it was almost one setting uh, that I read it in and I just I just thought it was just a wonderful book um, but let me tell you a little bit about Norma Evans Barber um, Norma Evans Barber has a MA in education and a BA in sociology Anthropology from Howard University in Washington, D.C. She entered the forefront of the early intervention movement, teaching babies with special needs at the Easter Seal Society for Disabled Children and Adults, where she later became center coordinator for the Washington, D.C. centers. Her love for teaching beckoned her back to the classroom where she taught for 12 years in the D.C. public schools, then for further years in the Prince George County Public Schools. She is also a teacher consultant with the D.C. Area Writing Project. Born in Guyana, South America, she now resides in the state of Maryland. Mrs. Barber is the secretary of the local board of administration, superintendent of Sunday school, and adult Bible class teacher for her church. She holds workshops for hurting women. Ding, 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 ding. There's my, there's our uh, denominator. There's our equal. Uh, uh, is that the right word I'm looking for? There's our common denominator. There we go. <laughs> she holds workshops for hurting people. Her life demonstrates her personal commitment to the Lord Jesus, children, and literacy, and to make a positive difference in our world. I met Mrs. Barber at the workshop that I attended at Willing Hearts Community Church in Washington, D.C. The workshop that I believe I told some of you was so wonderful that um, I had not seen that type of transparency in a meeting or in a group of people or just even in individuals in a long time. And because of that transparency and because of how she how she organized and conducted the workshop, 
people were comfortable and transparent and opened up and God really moved in those two workshops. He really ministered to the needs of the people. Mostly women uh, were involved, but there were a few men who were involved. And I'm telling you, it was a powerful workshop, a very powerful move of God. And um, I, I just loved her passion, uh, the book, the ministry, and I asked her if she could join us, and she is going to be joining us next week to talk about this book. Um, believe it or not, there's biblical accounts of rape, and in this case, rape and incest in the Bible. There are biblical accounts for us to read more after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Liberty Christian Center, located in Box Elder, South Dakota. They are a non-denominational, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led deliverance ministry. Pastor Charles and Romika White, Liberty Christian Center. Booyah! That's the word uttered when you know you have the upper hand, or you're the winner. Well, now we have the Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Brassi, Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Martin's show is all about helping speakers and authors find their niche, create their brand, and achieve massive success. Each week, Martin will interview guests from around the world who've achieved tremendous success as speakers and authors. You'll find out who they are, what they do, and how you can follow in their footsteps to achieve incredible results. Guests will come from around the world of business, entertainment, finance, the arts, and sciences. Nothing is off topic. No subject too taboo. We'll share valuable information as well as huge laughs as we discover the ups and downs of being a successful speaker and author. The Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Pressy. Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on togedat.com. Thank God I am I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, I am sipping my tea, and I am having ginger root tonight. It is a a caffeine-free tea. It is quite strong, very, um, hmm, very strong aroma. Um, I just felt like I wanted something with a little kick tonight, but not caffeinated, of course. 
And um, this is it. <laughs> this is it. So I hope that you are sipping your tea. If you are a tea drinker, please join me. I'm inviting you to have tea with me as we um, discuss some very um, necessary information with you tonight. Um, I, I, I'm going to be talking about my book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse, which uh, I do share a little bit about during the commercial breaks on the show, but uh, it's been a little while since I've actually read some from the book, and so I just thought uh, I would read some um, from the book tonight and discuss some of some of the topics in the book tonight. But you know what? I want to say too, before I forget that um, I was listening to the to the commercial and the and the. You know, the lead in when my show first started, and I was listening to the last show actually before my show came on. And Toginet does such a wonderful job. I just had to throw that out there. They do such a wonderful job of making me sound good, <laughs> making us, the host, each one of us, sound good. You know, they make it sound like uh, I'm a professional. And I just wanted to give them a shout out for that. You know, they have a wonderful crew, um, and they're they're just they're just good at what they do. So thanks a bunch. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to all of you. Um, I don't know every single name, but I know several names of of people that work there: John and Jill and Carrie and Sabrina and Eric and um, I mean, my goodness, they just do such a wonderful job. So anyway, that's my shout out. Um, we will be talking about overcoming sexual abuse. Let me read the back of this. Uh, millions, millions of people are sexually abused each and every day, not just by rapists, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. I started to do some research um, yesterday. I think I... I just typed in the word rape cases, I believe, rape cases on Google, and I got like almost a page of um, uh, links to different, uh, uh, quite a few of them were re re repetitive. They were about the same, same story, uh, some sort of an investigation and a scandal that's going on concerning how some some rape cases were handled um, in, uh, I want to say, Missoula, which I hope I'm saying that correctly, how some uh, an overwhelming number of rape cases were handled or mishandled, how they seem to be um, treated with such uh, indifference. Um, I can't remember all of the... Uh, particulars, but I, I just uh, thought, wow, okay, you know, what's new? What's new here? Um, I think there was something about 80 cases, 80 cases uh, that were going to be looked, looked into and reviewed because uh, the DOJ, Department of Justice, um, had mishandled these cases or hadn't given them the the, the attention that they were due. And I, I started to kind of try to read all the articles, but then I decided, you know, 
I just wasn't in the frame of mind to do that right then because when I start looking into cases like that, then I have to look at it not just from a secular viewpoint. As a minister, I, have to, I look at it from a scriptural viewpoint, and I look at it from a biblical view, viewpoint as well. And I started wondering how many of those women, not that I'm blaming everything on the women or excusing any of the perpetrators from any blame, but I just, I just have to look at the whole situation and I wondered how many of those women put themselves in dangerous situations carelessly because that is such a part of our society now that women don't even take thought of putting themselves in dangerous situations. Um, and how you begin to even decipher, uh, you know, because there was some talk about uh, date rape type situations. There was talk about, I thought, somebody possibly being drugged. And I just, my mind just started going like, oh, my goodness. Okay, how do you even begin to decipher some of this? Uh, so I just said, you know what? I'm not even going to go there today. <laughs> I've got enough information to talk about as is. So. I decided to stick with my book. Let me go back to reading what I was reading. Not just by rapists, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Well, believe it or not, there are lots of people that seem to enjoy being raped again and again. And when I say rape, I'm not talking about the the uh, the narrow view or the limited view of someone just being physically forced. I'm talking about someone being stripped and robbed of their essence. And through rape, yes, through sexual force, yes, but there are so many people who who allow themselves to be stripped and robbed of their essence daily just because of their lifestyle choices just because of how they choose to live. Some of them don't know any better. Some of them do know better and don't care, have, have um, um, been forced into situations that they think is just life, you know, living with someone, not being married to them. Uh, some of them are actually put in situations like in sex trafficking that now they no longer have control over. Um, I was watching, what was I watching the other day? Oh, the Natalie Holloway story. I was watching that the other day. And I have to say, I have to say, you know, I'm an advocate. I am an advocate for increasing the awareness of sexual abuse. I am passionate about reducing, if at all possible, the number of incidences of this, but I have to say that every time I hear that story and watch that story, I am infuriated, I am upset, because I do not hear the mother of that teenager ever saying that as a mother, she should not have allowed her daughter to have so much freedom that she should not have sent her daughter to another, you know, 
state, if you will. Um, and I don't hear her or anyone else talking about how this young lady put herself in a very dangerous situation by going over there, drinking, partying, being promiscuous, um, just carelessly, no thought for her own safety, um, just wild. Well, biblically speaking, that kind of rape is not protected. When a woman puts herself in that kind of situation, according to biblical guidelines, that kind of rape is not protected. That person is just as much responsible for what happened to them as the, as the um, aggressor. And it just irritates me that even after losing her daughter, I feel sorry because she paid a tremendous price. The daughter paid a tremendous price. The mother paid a tremendous price for those decisions. But I don't hear them saying, you know, even in the airing of the, the um, because there's a, there's a show now that comes on regularly about missing, vic you know, victims that people that go missing. And I don't hear them saying, teach your child mor morals. Teach your child standards. Teach your child biblical standards. Teach your children to respect their bodies and to say no to sex and not to go to parties and get drunk and not know what you're doing and, and want to go home and sleep with guys that you don't even know. I still don't hear that coming out. And to me, that is a sad thing. That is a sad thing when you cannot learn from your suffering and from your pain and, and help someone else not to make the same mistake. I'm getting a little worked up here. But every time I see it, it's like we want to complain and moan about the outcome. The outcome, but no one wants to take responsibility for what got them to that point. What led up to that point? What got you there? If we cannot evaluate those things as human beings, if we cannot evaluate, and, I, and I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I talk about those things in, in this book. We must look at ourselves. And we, we must analyze ourselves. We must look at the situations that we're involved in. What part did we play in it? Did we play a part in it? All those things are important if you're going to prevent it from happening to someone else that you love. If you never learn from it, Natalie's cousin or friend or schoolmate or, you know, will be in the same situation foolishly. I don't think it's so imperative that our youngsters at 16 and 17 go to other countries. You know, here these, these teenage girls are just, you know, hanging out in the hotels and riding back and forth, according to the movie, which seemed to, seemed to fit very closely with the, uh, the court trial and all that stuff that I remember watching a while ago. Um, if it's all true, they were, you know, here they're going back and forth to the club, they're you know, doing shots on the belly and she's all kissing and hugging and, and, and making out with this dude in the back seat who was just an absolute total, total jerk. 
And what do you expect? After the break, maybe I can calm myself down. <laughs> Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Why do I feel so lousy? Why are my medications working? Why can't my doctor figure me out? These are just a few of the questions Dr. Kevin Connors will be exploring in Dr. Kevin Connors Live on Toginet.com. The author of the book, Help, My Body is Killing Me, Solving the Connections of Autoimmune Disease to Thyroid Problems, Fibromyalgia, Depression, ADD, ADHD, and more. He'll dig into these and many other conditions to dissect the mechanisms of your problems. Giving God the glory and looking for answers to make you look and feel better, to make you feel whole again. For more on him, his book, and the show, check out UpperRoomWellness.com. Never be satisfied with a diagnosis. There is always a reason behind it. And if you can alter the mechanisms that led you down your current path, we can change your future. It's Dr. Kevin Connors, live here on Togginet.com. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness and to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls or we can make information available to you via email. Equipping the Saints Ministries is home-based in Maryland. You may write to us at Post Office Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 207 or email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net Thank God I am free I am free Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be I'm Free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal, it's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. All right, I'm back, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, remain uh, or regain my composure here. I was watching a couple of shows. Let's see. Was I watching or was I reading? Um, Oh, that's what it was. After reading Princess Tamar's Tears, I started reading another book of another, um, I won't, I won't, uh, say the author's name at this point um, because I'm working on uh, I have to get in touch with this person about coming on the show but that's what it was I was reading another author's book which was also a very good read about uh, human sex trafficking and again I was infuriated and very upset to see how easy it was for these um, predators to prey on these young girls who 
were uh, in some cases rebellious, in some cases had lied and told their parents that they were going to school and they had in fact cut school to go to the beach. Um, in one situation, the girl was um, um, 100% the victim because her parents sold her into trafficking, being trafficked by a relative, a relative took her and, and put her into the sex trafficking industry. But, I, you know, we have to look at these situations completely, thoroughly, and how it is, it is you know, these predators look for teenagers who are alone, young girls who are alone, seven, eight, 15, 14, who are alone and or uh, just, you know, not paying attention, walking down, in, you know, in back alleys, walking through back alleys, uh, in places where they shouldn't be alone, um, scantily dressed bikinis on the beach, um, going to the bathroom in secluded areas alone. I mean... Huh, it just it just it just gets my blood boiling how easy and how they know what to look for but we don't we don't as a society we want to keep our head in the sand and we want to tell ourselves the lie that we have the right to do whatever we want to do and however we want to do it and you know children should be allowed to express their disapproval and um you know, it's part of growing up to be rebellious. It's part of the sinful nature to be rebellious. But it does, it, it is not supposed to be, supposed to be, supposed to be a part of a household that it's just acceptable for a child to be rebellious. There are consequences to that kind of behavior because there's the consequences to rebellion against God in a society. There are consequences when we as human beings say, forget God, we don't need God, we don't want his restrictions, we don't want his guidelines and his standards. There are consequences. Now, not without knowing the whole story, I can at least identify that according to what, what we have been told about the, Halloways, the Natalie Halloway situation, she came from a broken home. She came from a broken home where the parents, uh, her, her biological parents were no longer together, where the mother did not respect the father's opinion. The father did not want her to go on that trip, felt that she did not need to go on that trip. The mother did not respect his opinion. I don't hear no talk about that when they make an issue out of this and make it into a show. And I don't hear much emphasis on that. Didn't respect his opinion. You know, whatever reason, uh, according to one movie, the mother was like, you know, her daughter was popular and this is what the popular kids are doing. And, and she was going to make it happen. If she had, you know, whatever she had to do to make it happen, she was going to make it happen. And the father was like, no, I, I don't think that this is a good idea. So being, not being in agreement right there was already an issue. Now, how can they really be in agreement though? Because they're divorced and she's, 
you know, already remarried. I don't know the circumstances of their breakup, so I'm not qualified to, to discuss that. But I'm just describing how being out of alignment and out of order according to God's plans opens the door for this kind of stuff to happen in families. The girl came from a broken family. And I don't know what kind of values that, that were instilled in, in her, but I tell you what, she sure did rebel when she, when she got out of sight. <laughs> she sure did rebel. And then I thought to myself, wow, you know, her friends were just so busy doing their own thing that they didn't even know she wasn't there. She wasn't, that she wasn't even the room with, back in the room with them. You know, they, they find out what the next morning that she never came home with friends like that. Who needs enemies? They're so busy doing their own thing, you know, and and at the end of the show, I heard that the mom was going around doing speeches and she was telling kids, make a plan for how you're going to get home safe. Make a plan for, you know, not putting yourself in a dangerous situation as far as like getting, you know, drunk and not knowing what you're doing, but make a plan for how you're going to get home safe. That's the answer. How about not going and not doing it? How about not drinking? How about not getting wasted and plastered? How about that? Whew, it just floors me. It just floors me. Anyway, I'm supposed to be talking about my book and I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about somebody else's story and somebody else's situation. But it goes along with my book and why I wrote this book. <laughs> so forgive me for getting off track there. Husband, uh, what do you do you have an opinion about your your wife's opinions at this point? I know you're probably thinking, okay, you're getting loud, huh? <laughs> well, welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all. That's it. Oh. Continue on. Continue on. Okay. Well, I have found from personal experience that people don't want to talk about incest. This is the first chapter in my book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse. People just don't want to talk about these things. They don't want to deal with them until they have, until after the fact. And then sometimes people don't even want to talk about it then. And when it's happened, you know, miss, people, people like, people like Miss Holloway want the world to come to their aid once it's happened. The Aruba Police Department, uh, she had major concerns with how they handled the case and how they did this and how they did that. Well, I say nip it in the bud by, by, by handling your responsibilities as a parent. As parents, we have a responsibility to our children to protect them to make the wise decisions for them until they are able, until they're able. And, and if we don't teach them how, if we don't teach them responsibility and consequences growing up, then they have no concept of it when it's time for them to start exercising their judgment. And it seems like all this girl knew was how to, how to, how to be popular and how to, I'm telling you, I, I just, man, talk about a lack of judgment. Hey, I've been there. 
I've been there. I came from a broken home too, and I and I did some very dangerous, stupid stuff growing up myself, and that's why I'm harping on it so hard now. Just because I did it, to me, I'm not going to go around and tell, and I didn't tell my daughter, oh, I did it, so you might as well do it too. No, just because I did it didn't mean that it was wise or that I should have done it. If I had it to do over again, I would have loved, I would have loved to have been able to have been in a, in a, a God-fearing, loving home where I didn't have the desire or opportunity to act out when I got old enough. I don't think I would have just done that just to have something to do. But anyway, people just don't want to talk about this topic. Um, families and victims of incest often deny, try to suppress, and hide the fact that incest has occurred in their lives. I was a victim of sexual abuse myself. I know how it was handled in my family. I know how it was um, pushed under the rug, so to speak. Uh, we were specifically told, you know, that we do not discuss, you do not talk about what goes on in this house, no matter what goes on in this house. It is our business, it's nobody else's business. So we were brainwashed and manipulated into thinking that we had to keep those secrets, those deep, dark secrets, okay? I know, I know that talking about sexual abuse evokes all sorts of feelings. I know this, that they can run the gamut. You, it can make people feel angry. It can make them feel compassion. It can make them feel sad. Um, um, there's a lot of emotion that comes into play when you talk about this, this type of thing. Um, living it, I can assure you that living it does the same thing, creates all kinds of feelings, thoughts, thought patterns that develop, insecurities that develop, bondage that develops, uh, spiritual and mental bondage that develops in the life of the person who has been victimized by it. So not talking about it is not going to help. You know, just avoiding it and not talking about it is not going to help. 15 seconds before I go into break. So I guess I better wrap it up until. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, 
molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may see or find themselves in Diane Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of the story of me online at www.authorhouse.com or any of the major bookstores. The Mary Beth Wells Hour is a talk radio show where we reach out, reach deep, and talk about topics of substance. We'll cover points of interest, such as World War II and the Holocaust, the Vietnam War, the planets and the oceans, skydiving, rock climbing, and much, much more. Join me every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we delve into and discuss fascinating subjects. It's a program to pique your interest for sure. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Alrighty, we're back. Um, time is just flying by. I'm talking about overcoming sexual abuse. I'm talking about my book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse. And in this book, we discuss um, several topics ranging from um, incest, um, deliverance, cheating, the virtuous woman, um, triggers, virtue, um, so forth and so on. Do you know that um, biblically the Bible tells us and God tells us that it is good to be chaste? Chaste. C-H-A-S-T-E. Chaste. You know, when I look at the situation I was just describing about um, the, the Halloway story, um, there was no chastity involved. There was no chaste behavior involved in that scenario. Um, and God tells us that it's a good thing to be chaste. It is the, it chaste, chaste is, according to Webster's, chaste is pure, not indulging in unlawful sexual activity, virtuous, Decent, modest, modesty. What is wrong with modesty and chastity and being decent and virtuous? Absolutely nothing. According to the word of God, women and men, we all should be chaste in our behavior 
and preserve ourselves, preserve our virtue, preserve our essence for the man or woman that we will marry so that we can give ourselves wholly to that individual, not selling ourselves cheap, not allowing ourselves to be stripped of our essence, because every time that you engage sexually, you know, every time a man and a woman, we, we talked about that a couple of weeks back about the definition of sex and um, what it actually means when you, when you say when the word sex, S-E-X. Every time a man and a woman join themselves physically together, they are in fact uh, joining spiritually. They are um, sharing one another's essence. They are they are, uh, how should I say that? Um, becoming one with each other. So they, they unite spiritually and, and take on each other's issues and take on each other's, you know, issues. So when you have casual sexual relations, you're in and out of bed with Tom, Dick, and Harry, or Melissa, or Michelle, or whoever. You know, you are you're taking on spirits after spirit, and issue after issue. If that person has self-esteem issues and and um, rejection issues and anger issues, um, you're you're just. Um, Why am I getting tongue-tied here? Basically, you're, you're, you're opening yourself up for their issues. So, chaste. Let's go back to being chaste. Not indulging in unlawful sexual activity, virtuous, decent, modest. Incest is the opposite of chaste. Incest is not chase, the opposite of chase. Sexual intercourse between persons too closely related to marry legally. Okay. My father abusing me, incest. We're closely related. We, you know, I was his daughter. We're closely related. Unlawful sex, unlawful intercourse between Persons too close related to marry. Fathers don't marry daughters. Biblically, that's not acceptable. So therefore, you shouldn't have sexual relations with them. Um, biblically speaking, the act of incest falls under the category of fornication. Ooh, that's a word we don't use too much these days. Everybody's just talking about sex. But they're not calling it what God calls it, fornication, fornication, in some cases, adultery. Fornication is sexual intercourse between unmarried persons. My goodness, we have a lot of that going on these days. It's nothing new. It is more prevalent in our society here in the U.S., I think than it ever has been because there was a time when this country did have a standard 
of, uh, you know, advocating marriage and advocating a home life and advocating the sanctity of the home and the marriage bed. And um, even in business, um, I remember some of the old uh, sitcoms where the guy was, you know, involved in, in uh, corporate America and he was trying to win a client over and everything. And part of him winning a client over was that he had to have his uh, boss and that client over for dinner. And, his, and he had to have a wife and he had to have a wife who, you know, they, uh, they at least appeared to have a good family home. And the kids had to have some sort of, uh, you know, um, training and be respect. Oof, my goodness, how far have we gone from all of that? Now, everybody, you know, or so many people are trying to say none of that matters anymore. And you see things just going further and further and further out into left field. And you see actually the consequences of it even happening right in front of our faces. But people just don't want to admit that it's not good for us. They still want to insist. They still want to rebel. And they still want to say that. So what that these things are happening? It's not because of our behavior. It's not because of our choices. It's not because we're rebelling against God. It's just because that person wanted to do this or this person wanted to do that. It's, you know, we're not going to change. We still want our freedom. We still want to be sexually promiscuous. We still want to, you know, um, be sexually immoral. We want what we want, when we want it, how we want it. Don't put any ties on us. But, oh my goodness, when the consequences hit us in the face, we don't like that. But we still want to admit, as, as people, we still want to admit that that's not good. And that we need to change our ways. Fornication, to indulge an in unlawful lust of either sex, is harlotry. Same as prostitution. According to the Bible, if you're living in fornication, if you're having sex with someone, sexual relations with someone that you are not married to, it is the same as prostitution. This includes the acts of adultery, incest, homosexuality, lesbianism, pedophilia, pornography. All of that falls under the categories of fornication. And it's all bad. It's all dangerous for us. It all, it's, it's all, it, it strips us. It strips us of our essence. It strips us of our, you know, um, our goodness and our, and our virtue and our ability to make good judgment and our ability to seek out, um, good relationships, you know, the more we are stripped of those things, the more vulnerable we become and, and, and less selective we become. And, and it's like you begin to just let your guard down and accept anything, any kind of attention, you know, uh, just any attention is better than no attention. And it's just a downward spiral that begins to take place because, because you have been compromised. You've been tainted. <laughs> You've been invaded. Whew, three miles. Oh, I'm sorry. Three minutes till the end. Okay. <laughs> Do I have 
three more minutes of conversation. Let me see whatever. I'm reading definitions to you actually right now from from page one of the book on incest. Um, uh, according to Webster's, let's see, rape is a crime of having sexual intercourse with a person forcibly and without consent. It also means to plunder or destroy. So when I ask the question, how many people would enjoy, or should I say who would enjoy being raped again and again? Think about that question. Who would enjoy being plundered or destroyed? over and over again repeatedly yet that's what you do whenever you engage in sexual relations outside of marriage you are allowing yourself to be destroyed you are allowing yourself to be plundered you are allowing yourself to be stripped of your essence and what god created you to be and and how god created you to be you're settling you are settling for less than what God has um, ordained for you. Incest is not just morally wrong. It is a direct way for Satan to spiritually invade the soul of a person and attempt to take up residence there. When you engage in sexual promiscuity, you are actually opening the door for the, for the enemy to come in and set up camp in your spirit, in your soul, to abide there and to begin to control you. The spirit of lust and lasciviousness will, will, will overtake you. And if, you know, if you're not careful and you'll begin to do things that you wouldn't ever have thought that you would ever have done in that department. You may wonder why I say this. Well, the Bible asked a question in 1 Corinthians. Uh-oh. 10 seconds? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, <laughs> in order to get more information, tune in for the next show or get the book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse, a Minister Diane Jones, available through Author House, dot com amazon.com barnesandnobles.com etc etc <laughs> have a good night